Because no race has the last word on culture and on civilization. They do not know what we are capable of. They do not know what we are thinking. They are thinking in terms of dreadnoughts, battleships, aeroplanes, submarines. You know what we are thinking about? That is our own private business. You are listening to The Brown CEO. You are listening to The Brown CEO. I'm your host, Selma Idris. Follow the conversation every week as I speak to some of the dopest minds from around the planet about what's broken and how we're going to fix it. This is The Conversation Between Us, every Tuesday. Yalla, let's go. It's no secret that African-American business ownership in the States is on the rise. Currently, there are almost 2.6 million African-American-owned businesses in the U.S., with a plethora of platforms being developed to support the growth. For many of us, business ownership in itself is a form of resistance. While feeling freer to create our own professional legacies, we also provide our communities with a path to keeping the black dollar. And oh, the powerful black dollar. With African Americans making up only 14% of the population, we hold a whopping $1.2 trillion buying power. But unfortunately, only two cents of every dollar an African American spends in this country goes, black to, goes to black-owned businesses. Currently, a dollar circulates in Asian communities for a month, in Jewish communities, approximately 20 days, white communities, 17 days. A dollar circulates in the black American community for six hours. Inspired by our last episode on protest and in line with our mission to fix stuff, today I invited Marvin Francois to join us. Marvin Francois is the CEO and co-founder of OneKin, an online marketplace of quality goods created by retailers of color. Marvin is also a financial analyst with an accomplished career as a CFA and somebody I thought would bring great insight to a conversation around the culture of entrepreneurship and consumership and ultimately how to harness the power of the black dollar. Welcome, Marvin. Glad to be here. Uh, I met Marvin about a year ago while working for my own brand, The Brown Crayon Project, uh, when he was in research phase then for OneKin. Since then, OneKin has launched... And I'm actually one of Marvin's vendors. Yep. And I invited Marvin here today because not only does Marvin talk to makers like me every day, he deals with consumers like me every day, too. So welcome to the Brown CEO. Thank you. I'm actually wearing your products right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, I am. That's why you're so silky soft. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I love it. I love it. So talk to me about OneKin. So OneKin, um, we're still in our infancy, but the, the mandate was to increase discoverability. Um, and access to black-owned businesses or mm-hmm. POC-owned businesses, uh, black and brown. Um, when we started, the a lot of our work was academic. Uh, we were doing a lot of research, probably too much research. And we just got to a place of saying, ultimately, we have to formulate a hypothesis and, mm-hmm. and put it to the test. So we have to launch something, see how people respond to it, and, and go from there. Uh, so since our formal launch last October, we've been collecting That's a lot October of, 2018. That's correct, October okay. 2018. So we, we had actually undertaking the academic pursuit um, mid-2016. And yeah, wow. yeah, and it was- and That's a lot of research. That's, it's too much <laughs> research. And, and it, admittedly, yeah. it, was, it was trial and error. Uh, we, we were under kind of the misguided belief that we had to start from the government um, and enlist government resources. Um, what do you mean by that? 
uh, so we, we assume there was a directory somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, we assume that we could start by contacting uh, black and Hispanic chambers of commerce um, in major cities um, and that we could access those directories and we would start off by cold calling. To do what with them initially? Because yeah. I'm sure the, the idea evolved. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. tremendously. Start, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, we, we thought we had to do this. And, and again, entrepreneurship is one of those things that, you know, it really is trial and error. So the, the idea in the beginning was let's start off with a list. Let's, let's discover uh, who's out there. And, and from there, we would formulate kind of what our curation process would look like to then determine these are the types of retail partners that we want to be representing on our platform. Mm -hmm. Because for us, you know, we want to pa patronize black. We want to um, elevate black excellence. And we thought it was our personal responsibility to perpetuate excellence by curating a platform that said uh, these are some exceptional products that compete with the best of the best brands in the world, mm -hmm. even if you don't know their name. So, so the idea was to start off with the directory to then cold call uh, as part of our due diligence process to kind of not just unpack the quality of the product, but also to unpack kind of the consciousness of the person creating the product. Uh, we, we, we soon discovered that uh, these lists or directories did not exist. Huh. And, more and, and we, we contacted everybody. Um, and more importantly, these, these government agencies uh, saw the value in the work that we were trying to do and said, you know what? We don't have this list, but uh, once you compile this this data for us, yeah. how about you come back and give it to us? Huh. Um, and and uh, I was I was happy to be commissioned to do something like that, except no one was willing to pay for it. So we, we spent probably the first six months making making that mistake, uh, trying trying the hard way. Uh, we soon discovered that that wasn't going to be the way that we were going to ultimately discover who these platforms or these businesses were, mm -hmm. and that we had to approach it differently. So then we started to focus more on the consumer side, like understanding the pain points, like understanding actually what it is they were looking to, to do when they were attempting to buy black. Was the issue around discover, discoverability? Was it around cost? Uh, was it around access? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we learned that it was actually all three of those things, that, that people didn't patronize black for um, one of the three or all of the three. And when you say people, do you mean people of color patronizing people of color or do you mean uh, others? All, yeah, all yeah that's, that's a good question. So our, our initial kind of investigation started off with people of color. Okay. Um, and we, dis we discovered that those were kind of the pain points for them, um, whether it was a previous bad experience or finding it too uh, costly or just not knowing where they were. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, we, we started to do surveys. We, we were fortunate to have one of, uh, one of our co-founders be an MBA um, at Berkeley, uh, which uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it probably saved us at least half a million dollars in, in, in research. Wow. Uh, because uh, at, at top MBA programs, yeah. you have access to all types of crazy resources. Like we, we had countless legal hours um, clocked in that we didn't have to pay for. Yeah. Um, so if I can give any advice. If, if yeah, you... I, always, I always think to myself, I'm like, I wish I would have started something when I was in school. Because yeah. the access you have in academia is amazing. Tremendous. Even, I mean, like you're busy doing other things, but like still, like it's that could have been my side hustle. No, yeah. e even even now, our our legal counsel is 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 Berkeley because our our co-founder is an alum. That's of, great. Of, of, of the MBA program. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from there we we de we decided that we needed to kind of understand the consumer perspective and then transition our focus over to the retailers because ultimately. The, 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 the imagination of one can was not only to service customers better, but, but also to create an atmosphere where our retail partners could thrive. Mm -hmm. um, so that actually led us to uh, visiting pop-up markets. Okay. Uh, because admittedly, like, we, we found challenges of our own in trying to find these, these, these businesses. Yeah. 
um, and, and trying to test out these products for ourselves. And that's, I mean, it's a phenomena. Like, there's a pop up every every day now, somewhere in America. Yeah, yeah. Not, and now <laughs> there's there is a pop up every day. Yeah, and and, and you, yeah. admittedly, they're not all of. You know, I'm, I'm going to call it out. They're not of all equal quality. No, they're not. They're not. The, the pop-up we we met at is a fine, fine example yeah. of an exceptional pop-up. Yeah. The black-owned market Absolutely. is a phenomenal brand run by phenomenal women, Michelle Dalzone Absolutely. and Camille, like phenomenal ladies. Get it done. Yeah. Um, and it is it is an event. It is yeah, that was that was attended. That was fantastic. actually our first yeah. pop-up experience. Mm-hmm. And it was it was the summer of 2017. And uh, it, it actually it was misleading um, in that... Um, and, and going there, I was like, oh, pop-ups are dope. Like, yeah. they're all like this. So we're going to do countless I mean, pop-ups. I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> and so so we, we do a follow-up pop-up right. a few weeks later. I, I won't say the name. Mm-hmm. And for lack of a better word, it was, it was, it was trash. Yeah. And for, and for a lot of reasons because I, I, I feel like one of the biggest frustrations I've, I've, I've had about um, pop-ups in particular, but also businesses uh, targeting uh, black consumers or black vendors is uh, blackness has become very trendy of late um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of how uh, corporate America, Fortune 500 companies try to uh, profitize off of blackness, especially, I mean, it's we're, we're in February, it's Black History Month, and, and you see yeah. it in the ads, you see the campaigning, uh, suddenly like Fortune 500, Fortune 500 companies are, are the, the most woke entities in the world. Uh, because for them, like you know, the Nielsen ratings came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly like, right. It's oh like, wait a minute, God. you know, if you know, America is browning. The yep. buying power of Black America is growing. You yeah. know, the more, and unfortunately, we're that market where we don't keep our money. True story. And and the, and the creed historically has been, you know, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. But mm-hmm. now blackness makes dollars, and it it makes sense for them mm-hmm. uh, to to target their advertisement to to us, uh, but. Apart, you know, recognizing that backdrop, I was I was probably more frustrated when I saw our community also capitalizing off of blackness in the same way, mm-hmm. uh, without offering a, a quality service. So, well, I don't know. I challenge you on that one. Sure. I feel like as I travel around, and yeah, I'm also a, a, a brand owner. I, I own a brown crayon project, which is a skin and hair care line for children um, and men. And like men Marvin. and families. Um, it's great for brown skin, brown hair. It's it's fantastic. Yes. But we'll talk about that later. Um, but as when I go out and and promote our products and go to shows and vend, I meet a lot of people that have great intention but just aren't capable. And this is actually something I wanted to talk about today. We could just jump on it now. Sure. But it's it's that you and I have talked about this before yeah. about filling verticals. Okay. Right. So. A lot of people will, like, I'll meet a lawyer who's an awesome lawyer that works for, in corporate America, works for somebody else who wants to go off and, you know, do her own thing. So she'll start, you know, a deodorant brand. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, like, why are you doing that? Like, if you're not in product development, if you're not in health, it's it's not an easy thing. Like, because you're going to make it in your kitchen doesn't mean you automatically go into a factory. Do you know manufacturing? And a lot of businesses fail because of, of, of lack of expertise, because of lack of experience, lack of mentorship. You don't know those people if you don't work in that in that area. That's true. Where we don't actually look at each other and say, what am I good at? And let me do that. Yeah. And let me go see if I can service black businesses legally, mm-hmm. let's say, and start my own my my own uh, firm or or footprint there. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so then I feel like I meet a lot of people like folks doing pop up shops that are just like, you have terrible yeah, taste. Yeah, what are you doing right Your now? Your living room is ugly. Why do I think that you can set up like a dope loft <laughs> space story. to be a show? 
or just because you know friends that are are running like how do you know the the values there for the for the retailer how do you know there's so many levels to it exactly right i just think it's a lot of it is it's unfortunately it's capability and just folks jumping into the the me too thing. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And when I think about entrepreneurship and what drives people to do things like that, you know, it, there's a certain degree of activism um, and a certain degree of kind of being intentional about affecting the, the spaces around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talk about a lawyer who's doing something out of their wheelhouse, you know, I, I appreciate the passion. I think to the point that you're making is it's all about kind of recognizing kind of what your gifts are and what your lane is mm-hmm. and, and saying, even if I have this amazing idea, if I'm not technically capable of executing this, I probably have someone in my network that I can support and elevate and, and give that, this yeah. project to them. Exactly. So yeah, you're, you're right about that. That's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like, I, I, I don't think we mean ill will on each yeah, other. I just it, think we're bad at it. Yeah, that's, you know? <laughs> that, that, that's fair. That's fair. There, there were just, there were a few... Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't like a one off thing. There were just <laughs> there were just too many bad experiences, and I was just like, you know, I, you know, we got to hold ourselves accountable, mm-hmm. um, and especially when we're serving us, like we we should approach it with a certain degree of you know expertise and technicality, but also a certain degree of like intentionality and love, mm-hmm. um, and 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 to take for granted that people are suddenly or are increasingly patronizing blackness and and to introduce a half-baked product into the world, I think, is, is, is frustrating and it reinforces some of the issues that people encounter when trying to patronize Black. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do take your point. There's, there's a certain balance of being well-intentioned, um, even if you're underskilled for whatever that ambition is. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, 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 definitely, I definitely see where that, it's, it's almost we're talking to the idea of us, like we don't know who we are yet. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's that's like that's we're, that's we're a whole new to whole it. new topic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that gets that's, into messaging and all kinds of <laughs> conditioning. Yeah, we can talk about that too. That's, yeah. that's a big conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it too is like you talk about, you know, uh, and I love the idea of Onekin and why I signed up with Onekin is because you are curating these best of black brands, right? Yep. Like you guys come out, they meet us, you talk to us, um, you know our products, you use our products. Yep. Um, and then you recommend our products absolutely on your platform, which I think is fantastic. You give you give retailers a chance to get to know us, which I think is fantastic. Do you get folks that are not of us, mm-hmm. like that are not of color, mm-hmm. that are interested in buying from this platform? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's funny you mentioned that because but that, what is that though? That that caused us to <laughs> that caused us to change some of our initial hypotheses mm-hmm. um, and. The, the 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 initial conception was you know creating an ecosystem for you know black owned businesses um, so that black owned black customers can find them really easily mm-hmm. um, and obviously you know we engage in commerce you know there's, there's more sales going in their direction they can grow their businesses they can employ more people like us and and ultimately like build a, a really high high quality and competitive brand. Um, when we saw that there were a lot of non-POC, not a lot of non-black folks being like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really cool product. I love that it's a clean product. I love that it's vegan-free or gluten-free. I love that mm-hmm. the person behind it is, like, very intentional about crafting this. Uh, we found ourselves, like, really catering to non-POC conscious people, uh, moms who care about the fact that, you know, the, the, the moisturizers that they're using on their kids' skin 
um, is toxic or can be detrimental to their health. Mm -hmm. And so whether POC created or not, like it's a high quality product and that transcends everything. But do they come to a platform that says brown retailers? Ah, that's a a great question. Um, The... We've been patronized by people that have been, uh, non-POC people that have been in our communities and kind of tangentially have received recommendations from people that are also um, outside of our communities. Mm -hmm. Um, Will will they organically gravitate to a platform um, that looks a certain way or has a certain messaging? Uh, I I haven't necessarily seen that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think those that are, again, non-POC that patronizes are people that are sometimes somehow tangentially involved uh, or, or connected to us in our, in our network. Having said that, um, I've also seen some of our retail partners who have brick and mortar structures um, yeah. in, in, in Brooklyn in particular. Um, they get a lot of foot traffic from people that are just kind of peering in uh, that are not POC saying, okay, this looks interesting. Yeah. Um, they yeah, have a conversation, yeah. et cetera, and, and go from there. Um, yeah. So is part of your question yeah. like, how do you? Sorry. I'll, yeah. No. And and you know what? Honestly, in 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 a nutshell, you guys have a business that it's. There's no reason to look for anybody else. There's there's no reason to go outside of the 1.3 million dollar buying power. Absolutely. You're saying we're aggregating this list for us. Yep. Of of retailer of retailers that look like us, so that we can easily support each other, and that's definitely solving one lane in um. In 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 the in the larger idea of like what we're talking about here is like the 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 power of the black dollar, yep. right? And how we harness that power of the black dollar because there's a lot of little facets to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because in one area we just talked about, okay, yeah, so we need to support ourselves, and companies and platforms like yours are making it easy for us to find quality products. Yep. Which is great. It helps my reputation because Absolutely. I often get the person who's bought from. Or been serviced by black folk, and sometimes it doesn't work out for them. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time they get to me, they're like, "What you got?" Right. I don't want it. Right. And I'm like, calm down. Right. <laughs> but one point we also made too is like when we were talking about like retailers in Brooklyn and people walking by and they're you know people peering in and being interested, or a mom who's just interested in her products being yeah. clean or whatever. Yeah. Most of my uh, customers are not people of color. Yeah. You know, the majority, I'm very close to half and half, but the majority of my customers are not people of color. And the more I go out and do shows that are not only black-owned businesses, the more I, you know, we sell, I mean, Dougie's here, Dougie (laughs) sold (laughs) beard oil to a white man. Without a beard. Who didn't have a beard. (laughs) Which you is know, actually baby oil. Which is, yeah, I it, love it was that. Like, I love yeah. that. So it was just <laughs> a man so who much. had a dry face, and it worked. And I he tried that. it, and he loved it. And he consistently buys now online, <laughs> and he's a great customer. He gave us five star reviews. You- so we have also the potential. Like we own categories within business, whether it be entertainment, art, products certain product categories that we have an expertise in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were brought here for our expertise, right? right? So um, we have the ability to take over these these, these categories. Absolutely. And not just to each other. You know, like nobody says that's a white product for white people. Yeah. 
You know, you just eat it's, it. It's a product. You just right. pick it up. Like that's what it is. It's 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 Del Monte. It's your right. everything that you drink. It's Nabisco. It's everything you eat. You you're, snack on. You're exactly right. Um, so there's no. I mean, we know how to make stuff taste good. True story. Yeah. And and it's and just to that point you're making, um, it, it was conversations with you, um, and conversations with some of our other retail partners that caused us to change our thesis a, a little bit, because um, part of again part of our work is to elevate. Our retail partners, and mm-hmm. if your customer base is seventy percent white women, then by all means, like we're not going to stifle that. We want to create an ecosystem that actually increases your sales and like celebrates that and and improves your business. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, we've we've been trying to balance you know, holding true to patronizing black-owned businesses and and communicating uh, black excellence and, and and the beauty of our culture, while also being an inviting platform to the world. It's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm oftentimes like talking to prospective customers or retail partners and pitching to prospective investors. And I'm, I'm always um, interested in what part of my pitch appeals to them. And so like depending on the demographic of, of the customer or the retail partner or, or the investor, uh, you know, typically if, if it's a person of color, if that's the starting point, they're sold. Everything I say, I say after that only further validates the work that we're doing. But all they care about is that it's POC and that it's high quality. Um, if I'm approaching someone who's outside of this community, the moment I, I mention kind of consciously created products and clean and vegan or organic, it's like, wait a minute, where does this exist? Like, uh, they're sold on that. Uh, so I, I think that speaks to the versatility of the work that uh, brands like yours does um, and, and its ability to attract different audiences from different angles. Uh, and and it, it's important. Uh, I, I, I think about what that says about us, about black culture. I, I mean, our, our, our culture is, you know, despite people trying to silo us and, and keep us in certain boxes and avenues, mm-hmm. like our, our culture is pervasive. Like the yeah. fact that... I mean, we're responsible for culture globally. <laughs> and, and, and that's... And, 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 and on this, this country in, in particular, and that's why I often like tout the, the, the accomplishments of the culture... Uh, of the African-American culture and the Caribbean culture too. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of times even like the Africa and the diaspora doesn't really give the West its credit for for guiding the planet into <laughs> everything that's cool or not. You know, like name the top 10 most influential, really influential people. Yeah. Um, as far as like who's influenced your kids, your music, your radio, your television, who's on it, who's in it. Um, that's, I have so many stories. Yeah, I, so I mean, stories, it, yeah. that's undeniable. Now, how do we monetize on that, I think, is the conversation. Like, yes, we need to support each other. That's one thing. We've, we've been talking about it. Yes, we need to spend, yeah, we need to spend money within, within our community. Um, that's the only way we're going to be able to reinvest in our community. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to have money to be able to hire people. Like companies need to grow. Mm -hmm. Small businesses need to grow because they need to hire people. And if I hire somebody, it's probably going to be a black person. Like, you know, don't tell everybody, but everybody I kind of work with is usually black unless I can't, unless I kill a mic and I can't find it. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw trigger warning. Of course. I love it. Of course. I love it. Um, Killer Mike is doing a um, series on Netflix where each episode he takes on a social or economic issue facing the black community. Um, And in the first episode, he spends three days using and consuming products that originate from the black community. And he basically shows us that we don't own any vertical of any product 
who does? Do you know a community that does? Like from, I mean, other than white people. Right. Because, but that's just so general. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can say like the French, <laughs> you know? That's like true. Maybe the French own perfume. Because well, then they go to the continent, they buy the, okay, so like the essence of perfume and like the buds and the flowers mm-hmm. and everything come from, a lot of it comes from Egypt, like yep. the Luxor region. Yep. Rose petals, things like that, nor like the, the, the Nile Delta region yep. and all of that, right? Yep. So they go there, they get all that essence and whatever, and then they press it. And then they take it back to France and then they mix it with a bunch of water and a bunch of alcohol and they make perfume and then they sell it to the rest of us. And then there's massive companies Absolutely. like Sundial that yeah. put it in products everywhere so that perfume keeps selling and Febreze and yeah. hair products and skin products. And a, and a little known fact, just to piggyback off of that, is a, a lot of them have um, vetiver one of the, as one of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And some of the best comes from, from Haiti, ah. uh, which, is, which is really empowering for a lot of reasons. The French... Talk about, yeah, <laughs> and like, d- d- despite the world, you know, casting Haiti as you know a dumpster, um, everybody's capitalizing off of its natural resources in ways that it isn't. Well, France wouldn't be France for that Haiti. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my it last name like... is Francois. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm not French. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not a colonizer. Um, but um, yeah, so. In going to that, like to having communities that own verticals and Killer Mike basically proving that we just we we can't do that yet, but we should, mm. and we can also look diaspora focused yeah. to be able to do that because yeah. you can do it when you jump from country to country, people to people. Like I said, that's like white people. It's so general. What are you going to say? White ownership? I'm like, what does white right. ownership mean? Right? Doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, but if black meant the same thing, or like Jewish. Jewish doesn't mean a, a country or a color or anything. Right. It's just Jewish people. Yeah. You're just in on the team. I'm on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about black ownership and owning verticals. I dig it. You know? Um, but again, going back to who we, who we serve, who we talk to, and that I still think there's a limitation we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when we be, When we start, we continue to start these companies that are saying, this is for black people. Yeah. I continuously see people jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, let me make more hair products for for people of color or so on. And it's just like, how are we going to change that mindset to where we're like, let's just make good products? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Based I, on your blackness, because you're black. Of course. Yeah. But but again, that goes back to one of the earlier points around like how you know, our, our, our culture, our skill sets, our... Our, our, our being is, is, is pervasive. When, when I think about the ways in which um, our, our music and our foods kind of enter the world, I, the fact that I can go to the, mil- the Middle East or to some random like small shop in Madrid yeah. and, and listen to our music and like have uh, variations of our foods, mm-hmm. uh, it speaks to the fact that like not only does, does the world see us and need us, but like we, we are integral to what makes the world what it is. Yeah. Um, and so when we, to, to impart to your point, when we kind of limit ourselves by saying this is for black people, we, we are probably overlooking the fact that everybody, everybody wants anything that is black made, um, whether it is food, whether it's a skincare product. Um, and, and we should be very intentional about, about positioning whatever it is we're producing uh, to, to speak to that. Exactly. Because it, it grows the potential of the... Uh 
the money in. Yeah. That's all, and that's all and, you really care about. Yeah, and I, and yeah, I, I tell yeah. folks, like, this yeah. This is not, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a kind of an underpinning of social justice tied to this. But at the end of the day, like, I'm trying to make us money. And yeah. I'm trying to make us a lot of money. Because I, I, see, I, see, I see the, the, the consequence of, like, positive economic uh, reinforcement and economic development in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, when I talk to my retail partners, I, I let them know very explicit, explicitly, like, we're trying to build something here. Um, you, you operate in small silos now, but we're actually invested in making you a really, really big brand that does really, really good work. The fact that you know I'm a, I'm a banker by day, um, one of one of my co-founders uh, does private equity, another is a developer, another has an extensive marketing background. Collectively, we're bringing to bear some extensive advisory technic- uh, te- techniques and, 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 and skills mm-hmm. that we can really harness to like elevate us and improve how we operate as businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. More to come in year five, but okay. um, we're we're we're, do- right. we're we're doing some things behind the scenes. That sounds like an incubator, <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything. But those are some of the beautiful <laughs> things and resources that we need to look at. Because one question I have for you is, uh, talking to all these makers, because you talk to makers every day. Yeah, literally. Um, I love it. What are some of the like eighty? Put it this way: eighty percent of businesses mm-hmm. um, fail. Yep. New businesses fail within the first twelve months. Yep. Um, that number is higher for black businesses. So as much as we're very excited about the number of new businesses, 2.6 million mm-hmm. new businesses, um, most of them are small businesses and many of them will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, most businesses fail because of either lack of experience is something that we talked about before, people jumping into water that they have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of funding has yep. is is a big problem in our community because we don't reinvest in each other mm-hmm. um and we're looking for outside resources but what are some of the um warning signs or trigger signs that you've seen from from uh, some of the retailers that you've talked to over the years that you've probably seen some come and go yeah in your time yeah i th- i think passion is important uh, passion isn't a business model um, and, and by that, I mean, it's, it's really important to be excited about what it is you're doing. It's really important to be passionate about it. But ultimately, you need to be able to articulate that passion um, and, and represent it in a very cogent and strategic manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it's not good enough to want to do good if you can't sustainably do good. So people need to be on top of, you know, this is the pie in the sky dream that I have, but these are the technical and sometimes the ugly and boring things that I have to do in the interim to achieve that. Yeah. So I, I think people people get caught up in passion without being able to translate that into a business model. Like how do you how are you gonna make money? Mm-hmm. And how are you gonna sustainably make money and, and grow this vision. And what do I have to do every day to get that done to make money. What does that mean? Does that mean, because I think what happens is people come to panels and people come see speaking events and shows Yeah, and they go, oh, it's a show. I want to do that. But it's like, yeah, you forget it's a show. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all dressed up. There's makeup on behind there. But he's tired, hasn't slept for three days. People don't see me. People getting screamed at about UPS losing stuff. You know, like people don't see when I when yeah. I when I have to leave the banking job and run uptown to the bookstore to fulfill orders mm. at at late hours. Yeah, but that that's part of part of the process. Like it, it looks very pretty and glamorous on the outside. Yeah, but the behind the scenes is like real things are happening. Yeah, and it's not even can you work like that. It's do you want to? Yeah, I always say that to folks. Like when people are like, "What do you, what was the best advice you'd give me, somebody starting up?" I'm like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Yeah, like you could just kind of. 
do something else. Because <laughs> go work I, for somebody. I think you're right. Yeah. Condoleezza Rice, uh, regardless of political uh, affiliations, uh, she, she, she has this one quote that like really, really, I, like, I, I really rock with it. She says that, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, uh, anyone who ends up being number one at what they do don't aspire to be number one or the best. Uh, they aspire to do something they love. So it goes back to your point. Like, do you, do you actually want to do this work? Yeah. And, it, and if you do, you're going to reap the benefits. But if you don't actually want to do this, nine times out of ten, you're, you're going to fail at it. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not actually invested in this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. Let's take a little couple of second break, and then we'll come right back into it. Put your headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We can talk about this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's this whole conflict around the governor, the white guy being accused of wearing blackface in the past, and uh, the, the the black guy, the lieutenant governor, being accused of sexual assault, which is still, apparently one is an allegation, one, the other one is pretty well corroborated. Mm-hmm. But I, in, in our group chat, one guy was very defensively like, I want this black man to win. And yeah, sexual assault, but ultimately like he's he's black and I want him to win. Yeah. And you know, the the white lieutenant governor, he's racist. And and in and, and, and his mind, it was more problematic to be uh racist than to be someone who uh may be ultimately convicted of being a sex offender. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we, we had this very <laughs> I was so, and, and I've been reading Bell Hooks, uh, so I was I was definitely in my in my headspace, and I was like, bro, that's that's literally called selective critical consciousness, mm-hmm. like where you're woke about this one mm-hmm. thing, and then you're you're suddenly quiet about something that's equally problematic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the debate I think is still going on right now as we speak. So ah, I can't I can't wait to get back in there. I want to um, know now. I'm gonna text you later. Like, <laughs> what did they say? I was thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, because honestly, the the only thing I think that's actually more powerful maybe than the black dollar yeah. is black Twitter. Okay. We have power yeah. on that. People are listening. Because talking about that, we also had the, the guy, uh, we, the, we had the series of the Virginia governors. Yeah. Where, or the, the Virginia congressman, whatever yeah. it is. Of, there's more than one. There's more than one. It's three of them, actually, yeah. yeah. So it's the, the... So it's it's the governor, it's the attorney general, um, and it's the lieutenant governor. And it's Curtis Blow. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make you guys giggle? <laughs> oh the fact that I even read Curtis Blow's name in print was like, wow, Curtis Blow. I want to say that name out loud again. <laughs> Curtis Blow. Like, I haven't said that in years. I won't say it again for a while, too. That was fantastic. But the fact that he even knew who Curtis Blow was was like, I don't know. And then I got into a conversation, whether offensive or not, with my cousin. But this is a conversation between us, so I yeah, can say of course. This, um, where we were talking about the, the, like, the offensive nature of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, what's really offensive is like the fact that because he was like, Curtis Blow, he's like, I'm not mad at it. And I was like, you know what I am? Because he used shoe polish to look like Curtis Blow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if he had gone to like gotten a self-tan or like <laughs> tried to go like down like the black opal mm. foundation aisle and like worked on it. And then I would have been like, oh, he's willful. He's ignorant. Right. But this is like some straight up. 
that's a diss. Like right. to say that your skin is shoe polish. Right. So for all the folks that are like, oh no, I didn't mean it that way. I was just dressing up as Michael Jackson. That's such a good or point. Whatever. To like to say that Michael Jackson's skin looked like shoe polish. That's that's a really good point because it's, it's like fuck you. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's reinforcing like black is ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by, by and doing that's that. how you look at me. Right. Like you and think of you me as this me. monkey with these big lips, right. Gucci. Yeah. And like looking in this like, room right now, we're no all different shades that. of black. Yeah. And, and the fact that you could represent us yeah. as one singular thing, yeah, problematic for a million different yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to have like a whole expose on like how to use your shoe polish so it comes <laughs> off your face and like whatever is like, mm, we caught you. Right. That's not cool. Um, so the, part of the debate was whether or not he should resign. Yes. And, and, and people were on two different sides of that. Uh, really? Yeah. And these are all black men these talking. Are all, these are all black men just talking about Ooh. black men and kind of where, where they at and kind of how they're thinking about, yeah, they're, and these are all educated. These are dudes that I went to grad school with. Okay. So, like, these are people that are, like, pretty successful, like, well-educated coming out on different sides of, of, of the fence on this. Um, I, 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 so, why yes? So, the yes was, it was a combination of things. It was... If you look at the track record and someone evidences um, some repentance, if you will, and, and evidences like doing great things for the black community, then surely you have to forgive some ill-informed offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of the part of that same argument was, if you're late, if you're approaching your late fifties, sixties, and you're white and you're in government, yeah, you're you're you have a racist past. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you're a Democrat That's or Republican, true. yeah. Um, so that that was the argument. That would take out everybody, and that, that would take out everybody. That would take then, out everybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so that was that was that was kind of the argument for he he shouldn't he shouldn't resign. Oh, see now I'm all kinds of yeah. So and, and, and if if I can be yeah. honest with myself about this, yeah. Um, I I think my conclusion was res- my conclusion was a little strategic. It was um, first you know, re- replace the lieutenant governor because he needs to resolve these sex offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get somebody in place that's a solid person, then, yeah, you need to resign because uh, this, this is going to be distracting for a lot of different reasons. But if, if I take a step back from that political response um, and if I'm, being, if I'm being honest with myself and, I, and I, I think about my own track record and the ways in which I've perpetuated some problematic thinking mm-hmm. in the past... Um, if I were to be judged by that rather than my current reformation and the ways in which I, I make every effort to introduce light, light into the world, mm-hmm. then I would feel really disadvantaged. I would feel like people are ignoring the value that I can bring to the world because I was young and subject to whatever conditioning I was exposed to. Absolutely. But when I, when I grew up and became someone more conscious and, and, and intentional about taking control over what I'm consuming and what I'm, what I'm bringing into the world... Uh, that that version, that iteration of me is very different from the person that I was growing up in the South who subscribed to very problematic thinking. I respect that. Everybody can change. Yeah. You know, and that's the point. Yeah. But we are also in a country who is more into punishment than we are into rehabilitation. Yeah. You know, like we see it in, with drug addiction. Sorry, it's, that's that's a big topic for me. We see it, I love that you know, topic. Yeah, that goes somewhere completely yeah. different. But like, it does. It's like we put people in prison to punish them. We don't put people in prison to rehabilitate them. And if we did, then we would mind them getting out. 
the reason they have to keep going back in is because they're just getting punished. I'm actually working, I was talking yeah. to the New York Times uh, a few months ago about working on an op-ed exactly on that topic about recidivism uh -huh. um, and, and, and the ways in which we make it impossible for people to reassimilate and re-enter society because prison is not about rehabilitation, it's about punishment. Yeah, I um, mean, it, re it really is. It's, it's we are going to destroy your life. Yeah. And, and in that case, it's like, don't let me back out. Yeah. Let me know now. Yeah. Let me know now. It's over. Yeah, let me know exactly what's right. on the other side, but I got to work on there. But yeah. you're not entering back as a, as a full human. Yeah, you, you are forever relegated to second class status. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a whole, a whole new one. We, we, we can show. do that too. But yeah, that's a whole, a whole different one. show. <laughs> um, but getting back to this and getting into the messaging, yeah. um, we're talking about you know selling to ourselves, selling to each other. What happens is they sell to us. Um, we also have a very strong power. Yep. We can choose which one of them lives and which one of them dies. <laughs> and that's where black Twitter combined with the black dollar True works story. so well. Yeah. Um, for folks like Spike to get on, I don't know, Instagram or Twitter. I hate social media, but I try for you guys. <laughs> I try. But uh, it's he said something about... Um, you know, Prada, Gucci, like he called them all out. He was just like, basically like, make it right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like hire some black folks so that you don't. I have a theory. I want to hear it. I think that there's that one mofo mm -hmm. that works in there, right? And it might be like two or three of them. It might be a department mm -hmm. even. That's just pieces of trash, <laughs> right? They're just human trash that do stuff like that, yeah. right? And they giggle about it because I'm funny. I'm weird. I have friends. My sister. My, we're funny and weird. And we would do funny things like that. But it would be something like we would put like a rainbow somewhere it wasn't supposed to be. Or like her her building did a new, the Fort Green Park did a new landscape of the park. And somebody put Drake in the wheelchair in the back. Like some genius stuff like that. That would just be funny. Yeah. Like, I think that they do this, like, trash stuff that, yeah. that, that frat boys do. That I went to Tulane. Pike used to do watermelon and afros and blackface. Right. Right. Anybody that went to Pike, yeah, I, w I would take him out. See, that's why I'm the <laughs> governor. I was like, fire him. I know him. He yeah. probably was in Pike at Tulane. Um, but for these folks, it's like they, there's that trash in there, and then everybody else has that. That complete and total, like, what are the cognitive dissidents? Mm. You're just like completely not even there. You, you're yeah. not even related. You don't get it. Yeah. You're like, I've seen that before, but I'm not sure what it is. Oh, that black and red looks beautiful. Yeah. You kind of just let it go. Somebody might have been like, hmm. It passed by, like, that black receptionist desk who wants to say something, but she can't. So she was like, I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she threw it over to somewhere else, but she doesn't really have any power to say anything. Bunch of dummies just let it go by, and yeah. then it hits market. Yeah. So I don't actually like blame the whole, and I might be wrong, but I don't blame the whole capsule of it. I think it's a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And then there's a couple of geniuses. Yeah. That get that stuff through. Yeah. But it's like we never find the little genius that mm -hmm. we just kind of need to like pop and take out. I think you're right. Yeah, it's, it's that one sinister person um, it, operating in a system that isn't intentional um, about what they ultimately release to the world or, or they just disregard the consequences of it until we respond and say, wait a minute, like, this is problematic. This is, this is dumb. This is racist. Um, yeah, you're, I think you're right about that. And when I think about my own experiences as, as a banker, and like, need, needless to say, like, being on Wall Street, like, I am I, I am one of very few. 
Yeah. And um, you, you talk about the receptionist. Um, and and I'm not that I'm, I'm, I'm a proper banker, like we're, we're doing deals. And even, and even in my capacity and having some influence, I know that the moment I say something, mm-hmm. um, it has such broader consequences for my career progression, my development. Um, so there, there are things that I have to just log internally um, and put to the side. There, there are things that I occasionally have to say, wait a minute, like you, you can't say that or approach me this way. But there are probably 90% of the things that happen, I, I have to, within my own network, talk about it and not really have a space in my office to like vent about it or actually get anything turned around because there's a lot of politics and weight and implications for my career. My whole chest got heavy for Yo. you. I can't even imagine. It's, it's, and then not having the, what do they call it, the rabbi or like that mentor. Like it's so important to, that's an, another reason why businesses fail or why folks fail in corporate America. Like we need that mentorship. Yeah, true story. That that person that's like, I've been here, I've gone through it. I've set my heels in. I'm pretty, I'm pretty secure on this cliff and I'm going to kind of rope throw this rope yeah. down a little bit yeah. and help you up. Um, yeah. It's very, very important. If you're in that position to do that, you need to. It's your obligation. Absolutely. I agree. And if you're not and you're looking for that that rope up, keep looking because you need it. You're not going to make it unless you do. Very true. Especially, uh, I can't imagine being a black banker, and especially now. I feel like uh, maybe like 10 years ago, there was more of you guys. And um, then they kind of like shut the door. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I remember around the – and not to deviate too much from the topic, but I remember around the time Trump was running for office and um, people were like, there's, there's no way he can win. And, and I was probably the lone, vo- the, the lone voice saying, actually, uh, you know, America isn't as great as you think it is. Yeah. Yeah, something, someone like Trump, uh, who's, who's aggressive enough, uh, especially since people are responding to the Obama years, it's not really about electing the right person. It's about electing someone who is polar opposite. So someone like Trump who represents that can win. Um, and and to and having those conversations, I saw people walking around the office wearing MAGA caps, um, and I just thought to myself, if I came New through, City. if I if I came in New York City, yeah, if I came through wearing like a BLM Black Lives Matter hat, then I would be the one mm-hmm. that was problematic or yeah. divisive. Well, what you say has yeah. Yeah. tons more weight and consequences yeah, for absolutely. the progression of your career. Everything. Yes. So so the yeah. things that you know I daily have to be quiet about um, or smile about or still try to be productive about despite this storm within me wrestling uh, and, 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 and brewing. Uh, it's in the seven years, it's, it's, I, I think it's, it's really fueled kind of my energy around the work that I do outside of the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's given me kind of a, a perspective that I think will ultimately launch one can into something that will be dominating and, and, and disrupt what e-commerce looks like. And what do you, what do you have envisioned for one can, what do you want to be? I was, I was working on our 100 year goal, um, mm-hmm. last week, uh, just kind of thinking about what does one can look like when I'm, I'm dead like five times over. Yeah. Um, that's and, a beautiful, that's legacy. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And for, for us, again, the, the mandate has been not just about uh, creating an entry point, because e-commerce for us is, is the entry point. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to create something that's very sustainable that actually invests in businesses um, and in and, and the long run and, and builds brands. Um, so people, people ask us, what does one can look like in, in the Amazon context? Um, and I, I, tr- I try to be very modest about saying this. Um, I'm not suggesting we're David. I'm not suggesting Amazon is Goliath, mm-hmm. um, but if, if I'm to use that parable, um, if I'm to use that example, um, 
there, there, there's always a weakness um, that, a, that a smaller person who's really driven and passionate and about their business can expose um, and, and do a lot better at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 see, I see as being a, an inclusive platform that caters to the world that still patronizes our community, um, but also helps brands compete with the Doves and the L'Oreal's and the Targets and any, any, any brand that, that is common household names. Mm-hmm. Like the Brown Crayon Project will be as much of a household name huh. as anything else. And, and as someone who's not only wearing your products, but I'm wearing other retail partners' products. Yeah. Like this, this is part of my- No, you guys I, carry some group brands. Yeah. I use the, I have on, on top of my lipstick, I have on the chapstick. From is, uh, you're talking about Timothy George. The, Timothy. Timothy. Timothy George, uh, LO uh, Lip Balm or Lip mm-hmm. Care. Uh, he's who's also one of our partners. Um, I have I have it on as well. He also does fragrances. Yeah, no, I my my children use Timothy's uh, yeah. chapstick. I use Timothy's lip balm. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you guys carry some great brands. We do. I have eighty four gym on right now. Yeah. So it, listen, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and it's funny because when when you wear your conviction. Like, it's, it's amazing how it changes your consciousness. I agree with that. Like, a lot of times when I'm, like, down and out and I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I have two kids and whatever, 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 and life happens, and then I go and I'm, like, washing my hair, and I'm, like, using my hair wash. <laughs> this is my hair. Pump, pump, pump. I look at my bottles. I'm, like, that's my kid on a bottle. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Roar. So it does, it does feel good. It that's, does. was it? Yeah. I forget if it was last year or the year before when I when I visited your you had a physical uh, brick and mortar structure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we were doing pop up. Yep. If if you re- if you remember, I, I visited your shop and there was there was a random guy who walked in, um, and he he talked about he's admittedly he seemed to be slightly disoriented, a, a big black dude, and he talked about oh, he talked about how he went to school, uh, how he dropped out, but he was an artist. Yeah, and then he started, the and, dude and, from across the street. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. like and he yeah. he appeared to be on 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 the spectrum, but he was. Like despite people having written him off, like he was actually pretty, pretty conscious and like pretty well put together. He was great. He was amazing. Yeah, and I didn't one, even read that about him. I yeah. just thought he was like a cool cat for the play. Yeah. Cr- he's a little weird. <laughs> a little but bit, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But one yeah. of the things that he's, he that stuck out to me was he talked about, um, and, and I'm, I'm not going to do him justice. I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase it, but he talked about how um, how you know privileged communities have you know. Very, they they have various reinforces of their 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 their, their significance and their mm-hmm. royalty. How they have these monuments built to them. How these have this, these portraits and these and these images that represent their greatness. And how exposure to that reinforces the, their sense of like self and identity and worth and value. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how if we translate that to our community and also have these positive images of us like reinforced in even our homes when we wake up having images of our greatness like surrounding us, how that kickstarts your day and like really propels your spirit into whatever it is, the work you're doing that day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I see a lot of value around wearing your conviction for that reason. Yeah. Uh, because it really, I, I think it feeds your spirit and it causes you to access that ancestral power that says you can do anything today. I love that. Yeah. That's what I'm loving about everybody's haircuts right now. <laughs> I'm serious. Like yeah. hair to me, black hair right now is phenomenal. Yeah. Black men's hair, yeah. all these cats and kids walking around the street. <laughs> I live in Fort Greene and I get all the guys. And then the beards. Yeah. Man, like talk about pharaohs. Like yeah. I'm from that region. Yeah. And when I go home and I see the pictures on the walls and when I go to the Met and the I mean, is it the Met that I go to the Met with the thing? Yeah, right? That I take my kids to that we hang out. Yeah. Um, the, 
the the imagery is the the haircuts. It's it's the pharaohs. It's all back yeah. again. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. I yeah. love every second of it. I love that my children ask for Killmonger's haircut. <laughs> ask for it. Like when you see representations I dig of yourself that so in much. like great yeah. form and you're like, yeah, 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 that's I can do what anything. I want to look at. Yeah. Um but yeah, I agree with you completely in that. Like it's important to continuously harken back to that legacy. And again, when we make things Look at the things that we're great at, not necessarily the things that we just need, but that mm-hmm. the planet needs. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be from, you know, picking from foods to entertainment, to, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Like I, I talk to a lot of my friends who are like kids are into it's okay to go into entertainment. Yeah, agree. It's totally cool. And agree. you can be an engineer and you can own a studio and you can be a lawyer and you can be an agent and you can. I have a cousin that made his way as a statistician in in athletics in the NBA. Never yeah. played a game in his life. Never yeah. played basketball, but he was a statistician. There's a way to do it. Absolutely, and we can own these verticals. Very true. Um, so you need to see that greatness to do it. Very true. Um, and that messaging is important, and controlling that messaging is important. Very true. As black brands like ours. Um, navigate commerce Mm -hmm. we create messaging we create ads um, we create content that allow um, us to Mm -hmm. see us every day Mm -hmm. in normalcy having ice cream if it's an ice cream brand you know putting on lotion shopping at a store normally where it doesn't have to be Barry White doing a sexy McDonald's commercial like y'all missed the point (laughs) altogether (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not what black people are, but whatever. Right, right, right. Um, so in that messaging, I want to talk to about that a little bit mm-hmm. and um, some of the crazy and cool messaging that we've seen lately. Uh, like forget the congressmen and governors right. and so on. Uh, we're talking about Gucci, a little bit in their little sweaters. <laughs> or the, uh, have you seen the photographer um, that did the, uh, that uses like the white, it's like the white, Princess Savior woman in the middle, and then they have all the little black children as the props around. I saw that too, little yeah. African black props Whoa. on the side. I missed that They're one. wedding photos. Yeah. So that's that's can, a like, wedding photo? Go, I guess there's a service where you could go to somewhere on the continent and essentially be set up where you and your husband are in the middle, and they just have a Wait, bunch of like what? local children surrounding you. And it's nuts. Is that a real thing? It yeah. is. It's ridiculous. Hold on one second. Whoa. Whoa. Are you serious? Yep. Ridiculous. We're going to put it in the show notes. Y'all see it. Wow. Ridiculousness. Yeah, I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's the kind of opportunity that we have in that. And, like, coming back to kind of just, like, wrapping up into, like, some of the um, the, – opportunities we have to kind of fix it because I always yeah. like talking about fixing stuff that. at the end. Please. So it's like, okay, yeah, we talked about, you know, we don't have, we have a, a growing amount of black ownership um, starting entrepreneurship, but we yeah. need to support that with black consumership. But we also need to focus on maintaining these black businesses and yeah. making sure that these black businesses succeed. Um one thing that we talked about as consumers is we can be active consumers. Yep. Uh, recognize that your dollar is your vote. Yep. Um, that's how you decide what businesses stick around, whether they be brown businesses. And sometimes, like Killer Mike, you can't find a brown business. Yep. But that doesn't mean you can't find a good business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's really what it's about. Like we're trying to keep good businesses around. There's a lot of black businessmen that I would, I'm not going to mention ever because I wouldn't want them to crush me, <laughs> but um, that I wouldn't support with my money Agreed. regardless of, of what you asked me to do. Yeah. Uh, I can say R. Kelly. I wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that safely that I wouldn't buy an R. Kelly song. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, support black business. Mm -hmm. We need to seek them, find them, yeah. um, aggregate them. Maybe not to the academic level that Marvin and his boys are, but we I'm got the so, data now. I'm so glad you guys are, though. It's a beautiful thing. It yeah. really is. It's a great resource. Yep. Um, as far as entrepreneurs are concerned, um, a lot of you guys might be entrepreneurs because you're listening to our show today. You got to think vertically. Use your training, and experience is key. Even if you think something's a good idea, like Marvin said earlier, maybe you have a boy that's really good at it that you can say, I'll support you, I'll manage you, I'll help you do this. This is what I can contribute. This mm -hmm. is what I can contribute well. It's going to make your life better. It's going to make everybody else's life better. And we're going to make sure that you stick around and you're going to be a business that we want to support. Look for unmet needs, unmet services. Uh, black folks don't go into the service industry enough. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a cleaning lady, start a cleaning lady service. Yeah. Get a couple of folks, a, a couple of folks you know around the way. I, I yeah. have a cleaning lady I know owns a brownstone on my street. I don't up. own a brownstone on my street. That's what's up. Carmelie, she's actually Haitian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Support that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, partner with existing businesses to make them better. You have a little business. Somebody else has a little business. You guys need to make it bigger and better. Partner with each other. Um, evolve and grow ownership together. We all have to in order to, to build the kind of communities that the Chinese have and that the Koreans have and that the Jews have in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as investors are concerned, know black folks with money yep. that sit on their money and give their money to all kinds of weird and strange and odd things. And I just sit there sad and go, what a waste of money. Yeah. You know? So black folks with money, buy art. That's one. That's easy. Mm -hmm. If you like it, buy it if it's from a black person. Mm -hmm. Two, seek to invest, you don't even have to invest your money a lot of times. You might have resources. You might be able to introduce people. You might be able to make a phone call or an email to a brand that you love and say, hey, I want to sit on your board. I can introduce you to the right people. I'd be happy to get that phone call. I know a lot of people would, yep. you know. And if it's like minds that can actually build something that you're interested in, I'm sure people will entertain it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not outrageous as you think it sounds. White people do it all the time. Mm. Um, look for monies and avenues of ways that you can introduce people to money. Again, it does not have to be your money. And we are resilient folks that know how to barter and network yep. our resources. Our economic foundation is not capitalistic. It's a barter and trade system. Mm. We are some of the our traditional entrepreneurs are some of the richest on the continent. Mm. Grazer, like the folks that own cattle and the folks that own uh, farmland mm -hmm. are still where the cash is at yep. because that's where the value is. Understand your value and make sure that you can barter and network and trade your way to where you need to get. Nothing is impossible. Just make sure you're good at it before you do it. That's our show. Biggest thank you to our dope guest, Marvin Francois. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you. All the links and handles you need to learn more about Marvin, One Kin, and other resources mentioned in the episode are available in the show notes and on thebrownceo.com. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, The Brown Crayon Project. 
and to our family here at the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you think. Talk to us on Twitter at the Brown CEO. Subscribe and review our podcast on iTunes or go to thebrownceo.com. Anything else we want to um, talk about? Dougie, you got any questions for Marvin? Josh, you got any questions for Mark? He's a smart motherfucker. Yes, do it. I came prepared this time, but I'm micing up a spare mic. I love it. Yeah. That's if I can hear. Yeah, I can hear myself now. All right. You guys can hear me? Yep. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So I was really excited about this conversation. Oh, I know. Awesome. <laughs> good. I was really, really excited good. about this conversation. One of the things I just kind of like wanted to ask both of you guys, because I think one I hear I've heard like a lot of conversations about black businesses, and uh, we do like a lot of comparisons to like you know the Chinese, especially in New York. You see other groups like the Chinese, like you mentioned the Jews. Um, you see these other groups that are, that are able to basically you know come up, you know, for yeah. lack of better words. And one of the things that I think kind of gets lost, because I think there's a lot of things we can do on our own, like you mentioned, in terms of like, yeah, there's already a lot of black people who could, you know, that you can go to for resources in terms of investing into, Mm -hmm. you know, a business if you're trying to start something new. But one of the things that I think kind of gets overlooked a little bit, and I'm curious, especially with your banking background, is the fact that for as long as this country has like existed, there's been like financial redlining in terms of small business loans. And like people always, I think there's a lot of times we criticize ourselves for being not being more together. But the truth of the matter is even people who are immigrants who weren't brown, you know, if, if they came here, they could walk into a bank yeah. and get access to credit. And that's a yep. big thing. Like they didn't have to try to ask somebody that they knew or try to find someone within their network. They could just be like, okay, we can walk into a bank. Yeah, but if you go into black and brown neighborhoods, yeah. you, if you notice, there's no banks there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's very none. There's no, there's no banks anywhere. You can't walk into a bank. And that pressure, you know, of, yeah. you know, being a, a brown person in America walking into a bank to try to get a small business loan, there's a pressure there that if you're not brown, you're not feeling that pressure, yeah. that same thing. So I'm curious mm-hmm. what you guys, because I, my basic thing is, like, I feel there needs to be more pressure put on uh, what's it called, the banking industry and the lending industry to be like, hey, you guys need to start, what's it called, there needs to be more investment in black and brown communities in terms of being able to offer small business loans. So and I'm, as, as business owners, I'm curious to get your thoughts about that. Those are all really good questions. Um, about a year ago, um, credit to the bomb for putting this on, we had a conversation with the chief operating officer and president of One United, uh, mm-hmm. the largest black-owned bank mm-hmm. um, in the U.S., and just had a very frank conversation with her about exactly this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she, she offers him very frank. I mean, it was kind of like a family style, like we're talking about it in this space. Um, she, she talked about some of the challenges with even her, her bank um, investing in or, or lending to uh, small businesses and a, a lot of black owned small businesses. And a lot of it is uh, because of kind of either skills gap or lack of a business model, whatever it is. Uh, but I think ultimately it, it is incumbent upon someone like a One United to, if, if there's a skills gap, if there's something that's missing in this equation, to offer that feedback, saying, I would love to give you a loan, but yeah. these are the five things that you have to do. I, I think that goes back to the ways in which we can support our community by, by holding us accountable 
like don't write us off if, if we're if we're lacking in something. You know what? Don't the, write us off. Eighty percent of all businesses fail. All small businesses yeah. fail in the first twelve months. And you don't hear this whole like you constantly hear, oh, we're gonna do this like yeah. push to help small businesses. And I have used the SBA as a resource. Mm-hmm. Um and I went to them very early in development for mm-hmm. like help with certain things and putting together financial models and yeah. so on until I found the right people to help me do what I needed to get done. Um so they are available. They are there. People yeah. don't use, utilize them enough. Yeah. But it, there is. There's not enough support for folks uh, that look like us. Yeah. We don't get the check. Somebody yeah. else will yeah, get absolutely. the check before and, and we do. And oftentimes for the same business model. Mm-hmm. Though, even for the ones that are established business models. Yeah. You know, someone who's not POC will get the check before they did. Yeah. And, and it just goes back to simply the people that are making these decisions uh, don't look like us. And they don't, they don't care to... They don't care to do the work to uh, assess whether or not this is a viable product or a viable business. Did you? I, I, I love that question. Yeah, yeah. it's a very I mean, good question. Yeah, yeah. The only other comment I just kind of have on that is just like uh, I think people kind of discount how generational that is because mm-hmm. it's like you know if you how many people want to be their own boss, right? Or how yeah. many people want to be CEO, grow up, be, be their own boss? But it's like if your your father or your grandfather never had, was able to get a loan for, you know, because assuming they wanted to be, I'm sure they wanted to be entrepreneurs too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if they never ever got a loan or, or anything like that or could never go to a lending institution, you're not going to pass that knowledge on to the next generation to be like, hey, you should go in and, and do that. And at the end of the day, like, I honestly feel like we shouldn't depend on that or anything. Yeah. We shouldn't be waiting around yeah. on it or anything like that. Because if you can, let's be, let's be real, like if you can get the funding for a small business without having to go to a lending institution, you yeah. should probably go and do that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the terms will be better that's just yeah, so much better yeah you'll still own your company yeah, yeah. but it would yeah. be nice for these industries out here that have all this credit yeah to be able to uh they should be held accountable to us yeah. to yeah. a certain extent yeah. yeah you know what though they will the mm. way i feel about it is that when you build it they will come mm-hmm. you know people will doubt you Absolutely. for everything and everything that you do and say how are you doing that how are you going to do that whatever you know what just do it and mm-hmm. you keep walking in it and as long as Absolutely. we stick together in terms of like, I'm always trying to look out for somebody or something. It helps with like one can platforms to where like, okay, I know I can look through this site and everything yeah. that I want. I can try to, you know, rearrange my life. People will do it to be vegan. People will say I'm going on yep. a new Beyonce diet. I'm on a plant yep. diet <laughs> and we'll throw everything out in the refrigerator. But won't take the time to think about like, what am I buying? Mm. What am I doing? What am I wearing? Yep. What am I breathing? And is this good for the livelihood of my children? Yeah. Like I was, we were, you saw me at a panel at a bomb yeah, last time and I was just it. like, Loved people it. were Loved like, it. oh, do you think that the black dollar matters? Like, I'm like, do you want to get shot? <laughs> like that's, yeah, there's a few steps in between there, but that's the direct correlation. Either no, black, I love that you said that too. I was like, shot like, in the street. People like, that finally get into here, Selma, I love this. <laughs> The person that I talk to about this all the time, yeah. people are hearing no, you. No, but it's, it's it's a step by step trajectory. Yeah. Everybody's always like, "Oh, what does that have to do with any?" And it's like it does. It's everything. Yeah. It's like you don't spend money in the black community, then there is no money in the black community. Then then we're begging. Then cities like Detroit become Ghana. They become yeah. Sudan. They become yeah. Ethiopia. They're a famine that's asking for help. Katrina, mm. we were a bunch of refugees, yeah. right? And and not to rehash your earlier conversation, but that's that's exactly why. My 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 homeboys and I approached one can in the way that we did. It, when when I started thinking about my critical consciousness and the way in which I felt like I needed to invest in our community, 
I was, I was all over the place. I started off with education reform. Um, I joined the board of a charter school in Brooklyn, and I tried to, I was the head of the finance committee. Um, we, had, we had a $1.2 million surplus, and my job was to, from my banking perspective, impart mm-hmm. some kind of expertise around effective deployment for the betterment of the school and, and execution of its mission. Um, that wasn't it, though. That For me, that that was kind of addressing a symptom of, another, of a bigger problem, which I was still unpacking. I got into uh, really, really interested in uh, criminal justice reform which is why I was talking to the New York Times about the op-eds. I was all over the place just trying to address symptoms of a problem I hadn't yet unpacked. And then after years and years of investigation, I was like, wait a minute, this, this comes down to economics. Like I'm, I'm trying to do too many things addressing the symptoms. Let me address this at the core. Let's empower us economically and we'll figure out everything else. Yep. We'll, 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 we'll make better schools, better resource schools. Uh, we'll, we'll keep our people out of prison. Uh, we'll give them jobs. Yep. We'll make decisions with those dollars yeah. that impact and affect us. And however we choose to do that, cool. But you've got to control your money. you got to control your money. you got to control your land. Absolutely. First Absolutely. thing, we, we need to take the continent back. Yep. Yep. Whether hook by crook, I don't care if it's legal or illegal. I said it here. I don't <laughs> care. Take it back. You need to take the continent True back. Story. We need to establish roots to that and understand that we have a mother, we have a home. You don't have to live there. You don't even have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But know that you have a root, you have a home, the same way that an Italian in New Jersey knows that he always has Italy, he always has Sicily yeah. to refer to. That same greatness that you refer to. And we need to go execute on everything else. Yeah. But you can't do that without that foundation. You can't yeah. do that without money and you can't do that without land. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a question. So you guys have been talking a lot about like partnerships and how you rely on your networks. Mm. Given that there is such a huge emphasis on diversity and inclusion initiatives, there's it seems there's more of a gaze from the like white people in offices and in the rest of society who will notice if like a group of black employees go out to lunch and come back. And you've talked about how there are kind of sometimes consequences. It's funny you mentioned based that. on that. It's so <laughs> how do you, how would you, you encourage that. people to still, despite being kind of looked at and maybe having some negative backlash to their networking and the in co- the corporate world or or not in other spaces, to yeah. continue to reach out those hands and either ask for a leg up or reach an arm down and provide that support. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you appreciate how timely that question is. Um, <laughs> because on Thursday at my bank that will remain un, um, unnamed, <laughs> we we are uh, the the black colleagues of mine uh, who sit in various groups. Uh, it's a handful of us. We are going to have lunch together for the first time in the very public office cafeteria. Um, we're going to take the center, the, the, the center, the largest table, um, and just have lunch. Um, three of us of the maybe 10 in the entire New York office, 10 or 11, three of us have already started doing that. And everyone's like, oh, the gang's together again today. Um, even down to the language that they're using, uh, it's, it's, it's very uh, targeted, very specific. Um, but when someone proposed this last week, I was like, I love this idea. I already know what responses we're going to get. Um, and I'm excited about it. And it needs to be front and center. It needs to be in your face. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like militant as I, I, I anticipate people will see it as. Uh, we're going to just be people who otherwise hang out anyway. 
but we're going to have lunch because 12.30, 1 o'clock, whatever, whatever time it is, we have lunch anyway. Let's just have it together this day. Mm-hmm. Um, some people respond, even within our community in the office, some people kind of responded with some hesitation around that. And, and I, I get it because there's a political backlash. E- even if people don't explicitly say anything or do anything, they're working behind the scenes, having conversations about it. So I think it's just one kind of owning that's just part of the experience, uh, but also not being apologetic about it. Like there's, we have group, groups of white blondes and Asians who have lunch together all the time and it's business as usual. And I just know on Thursday when we do this, we're going to get a lot of stares, a lot of comments, a lot of, what's going on over there? Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Um, but I'm excited about it. So I, I, I will happily offer you some feedback I once that happens. I'm excited. I'm in. We I'm need in. a follow-up. We do yeah. need a follow-up. I look forward to it. I'm going to call you for a follow-up. Please. All right. We got all the links in the thing. I got the Wonkin links. Let me know if you cool. want, if there's anything else that you want linked to it. Okay. Cool. And otherwise, we think we're good. That was so fucking dope. Oh. I love you, homie. Yo, I'm glad we did really this. I'm glad did. you were doing this. Oh, thank you. Seriously. You know, Josh, Marvin's the reason I'm kind of doing this. <sighs> I'm so glad you're doing he's this. He's like, you should totally do a podcast. A long time ago. I so want to. A long time ago. <laughs>